so it begins. Welcome to Games We Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses, and reminisce about it. Then, replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, I'll be roll-jumping to the past and talking about Jack 3 for the PlayStation 2. I'm Katie. And it's just me. So let's try out this format with our favorite Otzel along with us. Let's do it. This is going to be a mini episode, potentially a new format that we might throw in occasionally into the podcast stream, where one or sometimes both of us end up talking about a game we've been playing recently, a retro game we've been playing recently. Not do our kind of traditional format fully. We won't have a rose-tinted section. We just will talk about the game a little bit if it's a game that just doesn't quite fit what we're looking for, or if we just have other reasons for not maybe doing it as a full episode. So we're calling these our random non-rose reviews so it's going to be our first try we're going with jack three let us know what you all think tell us what you think of the format what you think of the idea of it we have a couple of ideas for other episodes we might do this way so we'd love to hear from you all Um, otherwise really appreciate all the reviews and all the uh, great feedback we've been getting recently it's been great hearing from you all it's always great to see you all on the twitch streams and with us on our comment section so keep it up we love seeing you all otherwise let's uh try out this new format with our random non-rose review of Jack 3. So we're still going to talk about the basics. Jack 3, no subtitle this time, unlike Jack 2, came out for the PlayStation 2 in 2004. The platforming, driving, and gun combat game was released by Naughty Dog just a little over a year after Jack 2 actually came out. It was well-loved by the public and by the critics alike. Uh, it has an 85.33% on Game Rankings aggregated score and an 84 out of 100 on the Metacritic aggregated score. Uh, most of the praises overall for the format, everyone still loves the style and the colors of the game and the characters, of course. In particular, there were a lot of praises given for the game for being easier in difficulty in comparison to Jack 2, which was one of its main criticisms, to be fair. And in particular, there were a couple of reviews that brought up the fact that in the old game, there were insufficient checkpoints. And in this new game, it wasn't quite that way. So it made it easier for everyone to play a little bit more accessible across the board. It also was the runner up in GameSpot's best platformer of the year for 2004, only behind Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal. A little bit of background on this game. Obviously, I've talked about my love of the Jack and Daxter series uh, in our previous two episodes. It's kind of why I felt like we didn't need a full episode for Jack 3. We've done a lot of Jack. I love it, but probably needed to uh, expand our main game roster a little bit, but just kind of wanted to cover it still because it kind of felt incomplete. I played this right when it came out because I I genuinely love the first two games so much there was going to be no way I didn't play the third one. So I played it a ton, in particular my senior year of high school was really just my go-to game that year. I probably in the long run still played it less than the other two. As I've said before, Jack and Daxter is always going to be my favorite, then Jack 2, and then probably Jack 3 behind it. Uh, But overall, I really 
loved playing this game and I did go back and replay it recently which is the other reason we're doing this episode now so I did complete it again recently and I was actually surprised how much I remembered of it knowing how much less I had played of the game than I had of the other two and I still remembered significant chunks of the game so that's kind of nice but let's actually get into the gameplay itself then as I said no rose tinted section here no I loved this game it's just kind of how it is. I really love the Jack and Daxter series, and I did love this game along with the first two. So, on to the plot of Jack 3. I will note, we don't say this every episode, but it should be noted, this is obviously spoilers. Don't get mad at us when there's spoilers in these things. We're going to give you spoilers if we're giving you the plot. These are also retro games, so most of them have been spoiled for you anyways. Don't lie. Don't lie to me. I know you've been spoiled in these games. Don't come at me. So here we go. Plot of Jack 3. Very, very start. Before you even load a new game, Jack is being kicked out of Haven City. Because, sure, saving the whole city isn't worth anything nowadays, and so he gets kicked out because his dark eco powers are creepy, pretty much. It's really rude, to be fair. Count Viger is the head of the council, I think? I don't know, he's somehow involved in politics in the city, and he says, dark powers are bad, so you're getting booted. So Jack gets booted, and none of his friends really help him. Because they're jerks. Slash, don't want to fight for him? Don't know. Seems rude. But the city's not in a great condition when Jack's getting kicked out anyway. We have the metalheads are still running around, even without a leader. And now a faction of the Crimson Guard, you were the city guard, uh, even though now most of them are being managed, managed by Torn, our old buddy Torn. He is in charge of most of the Crimson Guard that are running around now in blue. Which, you know, doesn't match the term Crimson Guard, but sure. But the faction of the Crimson Guard are now called the KG, but they are in fact Crimson. So that still matches. Anyway, they're running around destroying everything in the city, and yet it's still a good idea to kick Jack out, apparently. What? Rude. So Jack gets booted to the desert, and right before we get booted, though, when we're literally being abandoned in the desert, Ashlyn, who you'll remember is the daughter of the previous Baron of Haven City, and now is not Baron, not entirely in charge by herself since Count Viger has some sort of power, but is somehow in charge of something in the city. I don't know what she is anymore. Ashlyn gives us a beacon before we're abandoned in the desert. This beacon, of course, summons unknown parties to our location so we don't die of dehydration and it turns out there is a city in the desert called the city of spargus and the king damis comes out and rescues us but you don't get rescued for free let's be honest it's a video game no one rescues you for free and this is a harsh angry wastelands and they don't mess around so you have to earn your keep in spargus city because they don't mess around (laughs) mad jack's out We're out in the desert, we're running around, we're driving cars, we're fighting in battle arenas, we're just getting stuff done. And everyone hates us again. It's just a running theme in this game. You have Cleaver, who's one of the warriors of the desert. He just hates you for no apparent reason other than you're new. And then this little monk weird lady who's mad at you because of your dark eco. Because again, dark eco's bad, so you're dirty and angry. And so nobody likes you, but you still do things for them. It's again, very game-like of like, I hate you. Now go do this mini task for me. <laughs> but one of the best parts of running around and doing these mini tasks is we find best friend Sig is still alive. Yay! He didn't in fact get eaten by the giant metalhead at the end of two. He is alive and he was a wastelander all along, which they actually do allude to in two. He talks about if you want to be a real wastelander, you need to do this, you need to do that. Turns out he was a spy all along in Haven City. Dun, dun, dun. So, 
Yay, Sig. So we run around with Sig for a bit. We do a lot of mini tasks, lots of car tasks. We'll get into that later. But we're running around and it turns out Haven City still needs us. So Ashlyn comes back and is like, oh, Jack, we need your help. And I'm making her wafy because in this version, she's way wafier than she was in the game too. We'll also talk about characterization later. We have some thoughts. And Jack is salty because, yeah, he should be salty. No one said he should stay. But he ends up going back to the city. And it turns out, look, the city's in a lot of trouble. And he needs to do all these missions to help save everyone in the city. And he does. To be fair, you're going to save the city. It's just kind of what you do. So it turns out that the new faction of Crimson Guard, the KG, they're all robots running around. And there's someone who's kind of guiding them, who's working with the metalheads even. And they're having coordinated attacks. And who's doing this? But our old buddy Errol, who didn't in fact blow up at the end of the race in Jack 2. I mean, he did because he's about 99% metal now, but he didn't die She died. He died. I'm sorry. It's just his face plastered on a robot, but somehow it counts as him. So he's there. He's mad. He's running the KG and he's trying to destroy everyone. Back to the city. Turns out Errol is doing all of this. But why did Errol do this? What is influencing him? How does he have all these supplies to be building all these robots? Well, of course, it's that giant ball of gas and fire in the sky that's not in fact the sun because you know there is just the sun there but it is the dark star i believe they call it in the game and in fact that is a spaceship full of the dark makers pause for effect what's a dark maker i don't know actually now it's the dark makers who are the nemesis of the precursors so basically the precursors are talking to us through this whole time through their statues as they always do and they're like oh the dark makers they destroy the worlds we create. They're the worst. So these three have destroyed planets. Yeah, they're the worst. I just said that. I feel like you're underselling the worstness. Nah. So we go. We fight a bunch of people. We rescue a bunch of people. We try to figure out some sort of connection of how do we get to the Dark Makers. We need to stop them before they get to the planet and destroy everyone. We need to stop Earl. Errol. I always call him Earl, but it's Errol. We need to stop Errol from waking them up. And so we go and we get light powers from the precursors. So we are now both dark and light Jack. All of the above. Great Jack. But along the way, it's not just Errol causing problems. Count Vigor is still there getting in our way, causing some issues, trying to force us to leave the city, trying to ruin everything, to be fair. And so we go on one last death mission and... We get our buddies from the desert city to help us out because, you know, at the end of the day, some of them were originally from Haven City, including King Davis. He was in charge of Haven City before he got booted somehow. Hmm, that's not alluding to anything that might be coming down the line. Oh, wait, when he comes and rescues you in the city, he ends up dying because reasons. And as he's laying there dying, he looks at Jack and says, I'm proud of you and you're like the son, I, I, my son that went missing, and I, I, you know, I'm so proud of you, and I wish my son had been like you. Foreshadow, 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 as Vigor shows up right as Damus dies, and, da- and Vigor's like, oh, lols, his son? I stole his son! Ha ha ha, so I could do experiments on him! That's right, Jack, you're his son! Dun dun dun! And your name's not Jack. And your name's not Jack, which we kind of figure, because in the you are the still that child from the last game. They call him the child. He doesn't have a name. His name is Mar. After the founder of Haven City, Mar. So Jack's real name is Mar. But we're going to call him Jack, because nope. 
So we follow Vigor down to the planetary defense system, because that's something the planet has. It's going to destroy the Darkmaker ship. We get there. The precursors are like, for everything you've done, Jack, we will reward you. And Vigor's like, no, reward me instead. And they're like, Kay. Which you're like, what? And then it turns out, as we open the ancient precursor face in front of us, we get our Wizard of Oz moments, and it's not some big, massive, amazing-looking robot-type monster thing. They're Otzels. The precursors are Otzels, just like Daxter. Because when Daxter fell into the Dark Eco all those games ago, basically they're like, our DNA is in the Eco, and so you just kind of turned into us. So all along, Daxter was in fact blessed to be an Otzel, not punished. Okay. But basically, the precursors are a bunch of cute little Otzels. It's not what we thought, but they still need us to save the day, and that's what we do. We get sent to the Darkmaker's ship, we destroy it, and then we don't destroy Errol, and then he ends up on Earth, and we still beat Errol once again, and save the day once again, and go back to Haven City while still being in Spargus City, and just all of the above, and that's the end of the game. We've saved the day once again. Well done, Jack and Daxter. So now that we've gone over the basic plot, I'm going to go briefly over some of the mechanics, in in particular the changes from Jack 2. I don't want to go too deep into this um, because I really want to get to what I actually felt about the game because that's kind of the main point of this. Let's not kid ourselves. So in this game, we have gone from four different gun types to 12 different gun types. It's still four guns, but each gun has three different modifications, so there's actually 12 different kinds. Did I use all 12? Pretty much no. I almost exclusively stuck to the main four, but in theory, there were 12. On top of the guns, as I kind of mentioned earlier, you have both light and dark powers. It's the same way in the last game that you kind of get different powers as you go through the game. So you start with some of the basics, like your dark powers, you still have your dark bomb and your dark energy blast. But then you have to earn the two other dark powers you end up getting, which are dark invisibility. You go invisible for a little bit. And then there's also only when you touch a statue, it's a very particular area that you can do this. And then there's the dark like power bomb thing that you you can destroy doors with, basically. It's the only purpose for it. Light powers on the other side, you have light regeneration, which is so freaking handy that you can regenerate health. Then you have time stop, which you can time... Uh, certain obstacles are going too fast, you slow them down so you can actually use them, but also for time challenges, you can use the time stop. It actually just slows down time, doesn't stop time, same idea. And then there is a light flight where you actually get a pair of wings and can fly around. Uh, And then there's a light shield. So four different light powers, four different dark powers, run around with a lot of eco powers. There's also a crap ton of vehicles in this game. So many more vehicle types, especially on the desert. You have a bunch of different desert vehicles. Then you still have the basic ones in the city. Plus, you're riding around on a dinosaur version of the Flet Flut at various times. There's a lot of different vehicles in this game. And it just you also have the jet board, which still is there. So lots of different ways of getting around the city. Roll jumping is still best. Don't care at the end of the day. Always best to roll jump. Getting into the actual gameplay itself, how I felt about it. Again, While I definitely still like Jack 2 better and Jack and Daxter overall is my favorite, Jack 3 is a ton of fun. You are running around, the new environments are super, super built out, and they do a great job of evolving Haven City once you get back to the city in ways that you still can recognize parts of it from when you had been there before, but they look very different and they act a lot differently. There's a lot of neat stuff to explore. 
There's a lot of the mini challenges. It's a big open world again. So this is another open world where you'll have certain missions on the map, but you can kind of choose where to go. There are limits to that. There are times when it gets very linear feeling, but overall, there's a big open world for you to still explore. As I mentioned, so many vehicles in this game. We have a bunch of different sand car, dune cars that you can drive around out in the desert itself. Like I said, you have the dinosaur version of the Flut Flut, which is how you pretty much get around Sparkus City easily. You have your jet board. And then in Haven City, you still have your typical Zoomers, uh, the single, double, big Cadillac version of the Zoomers. A thing of note, the Zoomers in the city feel so much slower in this game. I don't know why. I don't even know if that's true, but for whatever reason, especially in comparison to how quickly you can get around the desert, and I think that's the big difference, they feel so slow. They feel so incredibly slow in the city. So they just, it's such a pain in the butt. Other things, the flut fluts are so hard to control. I keep calling them flut fluts because I can't remember what they're called in this game, and I apologize, but they are clearly the dinosaur versions of flut fluts from the first game. You can't change my mind. They're flut fluts. Naked flut fluts, but flut fluts. They're very, very unwieldy at times. They can be a lot of fun and they can get you around the city faster, but there are a couple of racing things you need to do with them, and it's it's not easy. It's not easy to control them. They are very, very unwieldy. Very, very twitchy. And that that's the thing with this game. There was so much more racing-style challenges in this game than there were in Jack 2. Much more heavily was a driving game in this game than in any of the other games. The other game, you had a couple of challenges and a couple of like rings you had to do and everything. In this game, you had so many more ring challenges, so many more driving challenges. You had to drive the like race the flut fluts and they would be in a row. That's what kind of killed me at times is I would go from a ring challenge to a flut flut race, which was basically a ring challenge because you had to match through certain areas to a driving challenge out in the desert where I have to go rescue a bunch of people from the desert. So there was a time challenge there. It was a lot of driving style challenges, often right in a row. And that started to feel weird considering in my brain, I still think of these games as platformers. And it was just so heavy on the driving in this game, more so than any of the other games so far. So I think that's the other reason it stood out when you were just driving casually. It felt so slow because there were so many race elements that when you weren't racing, it felt slow. You want to know what the flut are called? What are the flut fluts called? Lizard leapers. They're flut fluts. Leaper lizards. They're flut fluts. Also, I felt like there was a lot fewer vehicles in the city as well, where it was two, it was constantly running into other people and yeah. hitting them. I think that's true. There was a lot fewer random citizens in the city, mostly because a lot of them were dead, to be fair. <laughs> they kept dying. A lot of Crimson Guard running around, or non-Crimson Guard, the blue version of the Crimson Guard, and they would sometimes kill your enemies, sometimes shoot you. It was rude. And that was kind of the fun big difference I found between the citizens of Spargus versus the citizens of Haven. In Haven, if you killed a Haven citizen, bye. In Spargus, if you hit a Spargus citizen, they shoot you. They shoot you back. Uh, Again, that that harsh style of the desert kind of made me laugh. But it's true, they actually did build that into even the civilians running around, is they would shoot you if you run into them. So that kind of makes it a little bit different, makes the environments feel very different from each other, which besides just the look and feel, it just all of the different elements adding together uh, made the really each area you're in felt different and special and it, it felt like you're in different places, which I think they did a great job of that, considering Haven City was also already massive, from Jack 2, and to add a whole nother massive city to it. Uh, it's smaller than the original Haven City, but still, it was a lot to do in Spargus. But yeah, 
so many vehicles. That's why you needed vehicles to get around because there were these big areas. And then you just were doing so many vehicle challenges. It was a struggle at times. I I love it, but there were definitely times when I'm like, oh my God, another vehicle challenge. I can't. So again, when I I don't, to me, this this series, this is a platformer. I mean, most people consider it a platformer. So to have such a heavy influence of driving was really, I had forgotten how much driving was in this game. I will say some interesting things that they did do well. Things like there were a lot more Daxter portions of this game. There wasn't a ton, but you did actually get to be Daxter like two or three times throughout this game. And that's always kind of fun. You could see the influence there and they giving him more credit for everything he's done throughout the series. Loved those elements. Again, there were different style challenges in this one more so than some of the other games. Like I said, a lot of driving challenges and still a lot of the find the random precursor orb here uh, mini maps. But then there were also like capture challenges and rescue the, you know, random dude in the desert challenges. And then there were also the destroy as many marauder challenges and race challenges. There were a lot of different things to do. Again, lots of racing ones, but it was it was clever and fun. And they had matching games still. There was a shooting game where you had to shoot all the targets. Um, you had the shooting range still back in the city. There's all those elements that were really felt really fun and while there were times of frustration, especially on some of those driving challenges that they made you restart from the beginning if you failed, some of these were long challenges that if you failed right near the end, restart from the beginning was brutal. But when it comes to being plot line, it was much better at the checkpoint system. I didn't feel like I was repeating platforming sections as often as I was in the last game. And that's that was kind of nice. To bring up one other thing I mentioned earlier that bugged me, that really got to me, was characterization of people. Daxter and Jack are still still pretty in line with how they always were. Well, Jack from Jack 2. He, you know, wasn't the happy-go-lucky kid. He wasn't Jack 1. That never will happen again. But it, it's fair. It shows evolution of the character. Him being salty in this game for getting kicked out after saving the city, it all made sense. Daxter is still Daxter. He's still a ladies' man. He was still hitting on people. He was talking to Tess, his girlfriend still. All that still lined up. And he's still your best friend, which I love. There's so many elements where he's like, I'm not abandoning you, Jack. And, and Jack's not going to abandon Daxter. And I really appreciate that ongoing friendship between the two. Also, they brought back the... Daxter death animations. It didn't happen every single time you died, but every once in a while when you died, he would run over and do the same thing he used to do in Jack 1, which I loved. But looking at some of the other characters, like I said, Ashlyn is way more wafy in this game. She doesn't, she's not as active in this game, I feel like, as she was in Jack 2. She just was like, oh, we need help. Oh, Jack, what can we do? Oh, Jack. It was like, oh my gosh, why is she so blah about it? It just, that drove me nuts. Kira basically was non-existent in Jack 3, which as strong an influence as she really was in the first two games, that was really surprising to me. I am convinced that it's because they changed the voice voice actresses. Uh, They switched voice actresses between Jack 2 and Jack 3. The voice actress, she's fine. She sounds good in her overall. She doesn't sound like the last one, but that's understandable. She isn't the last one. But I think because of that change, they severely downplayed Kira. You basically talk to her like two or three times, the whole game. Even there are times you see her and she's just silent the whole time, which just isn't her personality. It isn't her character from the previous two games. She was sassy. She was, you know, a wrench wench who didn't take no stick. And she just, 
faded into the background in this game, and that was really sad as well. Sig was still amazing. Yeah, Sig is still our best friend. Sig still love him. He's great. The one maybe improvement, or not complete improvement, but better growth, I would say, would be Tess, Daxter's girlfriend. You know, she went from just being kind of ditzy spy because she was a spy. She was hiding things when she was in Jack Two. To she becomes in charge of the gun range and she kicks butt. And she's still kind of funny and is like, "Oh, you need to take care of my little Daxter poo." And it's adorable, but it's also like she's like, "Or I will wreck your face," which is hilarious. So they did kind of improve that, but it just, it felt very weird that some of the older characters just kind of got shoved to the sidelines in this game. And the foreshadowing of Jack ending up being Damus's son. I, of course, going through and playing through again, I remembered that. I remembered it the whole time. But it's just like the really heavy foreshadowing. Like earlier in the game, he's like, didn't your father teach you anything? And Jack's like, I have no father. I don't know where he is. And he's like, oh, you have no dad. And then like the next cutscene we have with Damus, he's like, ah. My son went missing all those years ago. Sad face, sad face, sad face. And you're like, and he's like, and I was in Haven City, leader of Haven City. And if you remember, we know that the kid who turns out to be Jack from Jack 2, he's, they're like, oh, he's the heir of Mar, leader of the city. So you can put it together really early that Damus is Jack's dad. I don't feel like we needed that. I don't think Jack needed a dad. I don't think he needed any of that to be a character that he was. So that confused me a little bit. I feel like Damus could have been a great character without needing that direct association to Jack. He could have just been the king of the desert and just been cool with that. That was another weird characterization I didn't understand because it gave Jack this weird dark history that he just didn't need considering all the dark present he had. And then the last little bit of characterization, which is probably more rant than anything else I've said so far, which is surprising considering I've probably ranted a little bit already, is the ending. The very end of the first two games, there's always a moment where Jack and Kira almost kiss or kiss and Daxter seems to interrupt it, where they pan away so you don't see it. In this game, they try to do the same thing, except randomly, it's Ashlyn. Why? I don't know. It makes no sense. It's like they made her wafy throughout the whole game so that she can fall to Jack at the end and be like, oh, Jack, you're wonderful. And then kiss him and like, why? At the end of Jack 2, they have Kira and Jack clearly still doing their thing. And then there was implication that Ashlyn and Torn were a thing. I'm not about OTPs. I'm not about couples that need to be couples. It just didn't make sense. There was no consistency with that move. Again, it's just like they wanted to sideline Kira, and the last thing they needed to sideline her on was make her not the love interest. Why? Because! Stupid! It just... I don't know why that particular thing bugged me a ton. And maybe because when I was younger and was f- first playing this, like, I did really like them as a couple. Because it's like, oh, it's cute and adorable and, like, best friends growing up. And now it's just like, but it just didn't make sense. And it really bothered me. It just, there was nothing in the game leading up to it except for Ashlyn being wafy and being like, oh, no, help me. They're just like, ugh. And it's really funny because... Knowing that Jack X comes after this, which I think is canon, I'm not sure how canon it is, but it definitely happens after Jack 3. They correct it in that game where, like, they allude to the fact that, like, that was a, like, spur of the moment, the energy took us away moment, and, like, Kira gets all mad at Ashlyn for it, and it's kind of funny. And it's just clearly, like, I was not the only fan who was like, this is nonsense. Another returning character who did stay in characterization, which I didn't mention in the plot overview, was Vin. Vin was the electrician. He was kind of the, like, jumpy, jittery dude who helped us in the power areas. He died at the end of Jack 2. Like, full on, we hear him screaming as he's being attacked by metalheads. It's dark. It's dark. 
he didn't fully die, similar to Errol, except he didn't put himself in a machine. He uploaded his brain to the internet, basically. So it's something. We get to see him. He's still himself, and that's kind of neat. It was it still fit his personality. He still was very jumpy and jittery, and that's kind of funny. And it led to a very fun Pac-Man minigame. So there's that, at least. Unbranded Pac-Man minigame. Overall, though, I just, I really love this series. I genuinely did enjoy playing this game again. It brought back a lot of great memories. I really loved running around these worlds again and re-experiencing these different things. I didn't 100% the game in the sense that I'm not going to get probably all 600 precursor orbs that only give us, you know, cheats, basically. They don't really need it for the game. But it's a lot of fun, and it's one I'll probably revisit again and hop back into that world when I have a chance, even if I don't 100% the game. I had a ton of fun. I just, I love this series. I loved the way they handled most of the game. Uh, Plot in this game, eh, I could take it or leave it. And I think that's what really influenced me. I really liked a lot of the mechanics they added in Jack 3 versus Jack 2. I liked the added guns, even if I didn't always use them. The times I did... They could be really helpful. I liked the light powers to match the dark powers because he did have them at the end of Jack and Daxter. So that felt like a bit of a callback. I wish there were more ego powers in general, but I did like bringing back the light Jack. Even if you didn't use him for much of the game, he did exist at the end of Jack and Daxter. And there were a lot of vehicles, but the variety was interesting and it added a different element to the game. So I really liked a lot of the gameplay elements of Jack 3. I didn't love the plot and that bothered me more than it probably should have but I really just there were just so many parts of it I just didn't care as much about the plot in this game and parts of the plot just didn't match for me versus Jack 2 was a brilliant plot and well plotted out and the game it was great too but there were a lot of elements mechanically why you could get really frustrated in Jack 2 so it's kind of a a mixed bag almost between the two I almost wish I could combine different elements I wish I could go back and play Jack 2 with keeping some of these mechanics from Jack 3. Not not how that works, you know, games evolve and everything like that. It's just, there's elements of both that I really enjoy. But overall, I still really loved it. I still had a ton of fun playing it. I think if you've played any of the Jack and Daxter games, you should definitely play it if you haven't played it before. It's a lot of fun. And if you did play it before, it's definitely worth a replay. So, Kitty, your Rose score was non-existent. Your predicted score was non-existent. What is your final score? My final score is an 8 out of 10. <gasps> Why? Because I say so. No, honestly, I, I had a ton of fun playing it. I definitely recommend people playing it if you haven't played Jack 3. And I know a lot of people, I think, didn't play Jack 3 even if they played Jack 2 and even Jack and Daxter. Uh, it was the least sold of the three games. It's now available as the Jack Pack that you can get on the PS4 version. It's well worth it, in my opinion. It's a lot of fun. If you've never played through it before, definitely get a chance to play it. If you have played through it before, it definitely lives up to a lot of what I remembered. It was a lot of fun. So thank you everyone for joining me on this kind of new adventure where it was just a lot of me ranting, hopefully not all ranting, but a lot of ranting uh, about a game I really enjoyed playing and I wanted to share with everybody. So this is coming out when we said that Final Fantasy V was going to be coming out. Just due to outside circumstances, we did have to delay that by just a week. So I wanted to insert this little episode in for you guys just so you had something in the meantime. We are going to come out with Final Fantasy V next week. So it's just going to be a one week delay. So we will be having all of our normal podcasting pleasures back next week for Final Fantasy V. So really looking forward to that. Thank you very much for understanding. And we really appreciate you guys. Love hearing from you on all of our social media at GWGW Show, whether it's on Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, 
Twitter, all of that. We really love hearing from you all. So thank you so much for reaching out. Reviews are wonderful. We definitely see them when they're posted and really appreciate them. So more reviews. Tell us what you thought of this kind of format. Uh, It won't always be me if we do these kind of formats. It definitely will involve maybe Chris and producer Lisa or myself and producer Kyle or a mix of a couple of us. So if you guys like these kind of formats, we might do more of these along the line. Otherwise, again, really appreciate everyone joining us here today for our non-Rose review. And I hope everyone is having a lovely time out there. Check us out. Hang out with us on Twitch. Hang out with us on social media. I really appreciate you all joining me for this fun little adventure. And I can't say goodbye, Chris. So instead, I'll just say bye, everyone. No, it's supposed to be smooth without Chris to ruin everything. (laughs) Definitely Chris.